Thank you for choosing Apparacity.com. All of Shadows Radio is brought to you by our talented and hardworking cast from around the world. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe. And if you're able to, hit the donate button on hallofshadowsradio.com. Any amount would be greatly appreciated so we can continue to bring you the show that we love to create. Welcome to the Hall of Shadows. Car Trouble by Christina Rocco Read by Sal Santarelli For most, April 6th was just another day. But for me, it was a big deal. Today marked the one-year anniversary of my release from Danville Penitentiary. After serving a five-year sentence for armed robbery, I was finally free. I'm not going to lie, being locked up was rough. But there were some things good things that came out of my incarceration. My old man and I had never gotten along, but my metamorphosis into a felon created a mutual sense of guilt that brought us closer together. My shackles were proof that I had let him down, and that maybe the reverse was also true. I remember telling him how much I couldn't wait to get out of there, to put everything behind me, to live honestly, with integrity, stay clean. And he? Once completely disinterested in my life, started giving me the fatherly guidance that was absent during my adolescence. He suggested I use my jail time wisely and take some classes, learn a trade. I chose automotive repair so that I could become a mechanic, fixing cars instead of jacking them. <laughs> Ironic. Unfortunately, he died three months before I was released. His last bit of encouragement was a small inheritance clean slate money, as it was described in the will. No one would hire an ex-convict, so starting my own business was the only real option. As fortune would have it, I found a small house with a two-car garage in the back, perfect for an auto shop. The house was small and the garage needed a lot of work, but they were mine, and I didn't have to steal or con my way into them. I never believed in heaven or angels, but on days like today, I hoped that I was wrong that my dad could witness how I turned my life around, that he was here, patting me on the back as I checked off the date on the calendar that hung on my bedroom wall. The phone rang. JP Auto. Hi, I need a mechanic. An elderly man spoke through the phone. What can I do for you? I replied. I hear a strange sound every time I use the brakes, the man said. Okay, what's today? Friday? I could definitely take a look at it on Monday. The man paused. I don't mean to sound rude, but I need it before Sunday. For a funeral. My condolences. You misunderstood me, the man continued. I work at the funeral home over on Braxton. The car. It's a hearse. I didn't understand the uncomfortable tremble in his voice. 
It was as if he were divulging some dirty secret. You think a hearse is going to freak me out? I said to myself. You've obviously never been to prison. Fear was biting into your mashed potatoes, not knowing if the inmate you pissed off dropped nails or razor blades in them. I assured the gentleman it wasn't a problem, gave him my address and told him to drop off the vehicle at 5. I hung up the phone and went to clean up the garage. 5 o'clock eventually rolled around and a small, aging man with silver hair arrived, driving an old black hearse. I could hear the brakes squeal as he pulled into the driveway. Without introducing himself, he thanked me and handed over the keys. He seemed nervous, never taking his eyes off the hearse. Would you like a ride to the bus station? I asked, standing in front of the car. The man's eyes grew wide with panic. I looked back at the car, curious as to why his face had suddenly changed. Everything looked normal. No, thank you. I prefer to walk, he nervously responded. And with that, the man briskly walked off the property. Once he was out of view, I hopped into the hearse and slowly drove it into the garage. I admit, I was slightly creeped out, my eyes fixated on the rearview mirror, ready to see who knows what smiling at me from the back. But it was empty. I turned my attention to the tree-shaped air freshener that hung from the mirror. Only one? I laughed to myself. Would have been funny to see ten of them hanging there. Amused by my childish sense of humor, I parked the car and decided that tomorrow was a new day. I spent the rest of the night the way I spent every Friday night. A stovetop steak accompanied by a few cold beers and some mindless TV watching. I looked over at the empty seat on the couch next to me. Maybe one day there would be someone sitting there, asking me annoying questions, offering me some of her popcorn. I let my mind drift, imagining what my life could be with one more trip around the sun. All of a sudden, I heard a noise outside. I lowered the volume on the TV. It was coming from the garage. Angry that another possum had gotten into my workshop, I threw my sweatshirt on and made my way out back. It was much colder than earlier, and the new moon painted the property in a thick cover of darkness. I unlatched the garage door and slid it open, greeted by a smell of grease and cement. It was quiet now. I reached up for the drawstring of the light bulb overhead, but quickly remembered that I had forgotten to change it the last time it blew. The banging started again. It sounded like something was pounding inside the hearse. I hurried to my workbench for a flashlight and pointed it in that direction. I didn't see anything other than the white curtains hanging in the side windows. I shined the light around the rest of the garage, but I saw nothing out of the ordinary. Maybe it was the TV. Maybe I had more beers than I had counted. As I went to leave, the banging started again. I whirled around and slowly walked towards the vehicle, flashlight in hand. I looked through the rear window. Nothing but an empty carriage. Just like before, I bent down to inspect underneath the car. Nothing there either. So I rose to my feet, and when my face was level with the rear window, a man's face was staring back at me. His hands pressed up against the glass. I screamed loudly and hid behind one of my tool cabinets. I heard the back of the hearse slowly creak open. Fueled by instinct, I ran out of the garage. I didn't look back. I was too afraid. I ran upstairs, locked my door, and waited for the night to pass. The next morning, I went into the garage in a hurry to get the job done. The door was still open, but the hearse doors were closed. 
It was a sunny morning and I was grateful for the additional light coming through the windows. I put my radio on, hoping to distract myself from the dread that was filling up my stomach. I slid under the car to inspect the brakes, but they looked fine with plenty of life on the rotors and pads. My confusion was interrupted by the sound of footsteps on the cement floor of the garage. I turned my head to the left, and that's when I saw them. Two feet standing on the opposite side of the car, in a pair of muddy men's dress shoes. Hello? I called out. No one replied, but a few seconds later, the feet began slowly walking toward the back side of the car. I didn't move. The footsteps were now walking to my right side. They stopped right next to my face. Find it! A pale man in a black suit was now at my eye level, grabbing at me, trying to pull me out from underneath the car. His face was shrunken in, and his hazy blue eyes were overshadowed by the thick, dark circles that surrounded them. I screamed, hitting my forehead on the engine above, my vision impaired by the trickling of blood. I tried to fight the man off with my legs, but I was unsuccessful. I slid out from beneath the vehicle and jumped up. I was the only one in the garage. All the doors of the hearse flung open at once. Find it! A voice yelled from behind me, without analyzing. I obeyed the command I was given, frantically inspecting the driver's seat. There was nothing. I ran over to the passenger side and opened the glove box. All I saw was a manual and what looked to be insurance and registration papers. I knelt down and ran my fingers underneath the seat. I looked up. The man's face was staring at me through the side mirror. What do you want from me? I screamed. I was about to give up when I saw something blue stuck behind the side of the seat at the center console. I stuck my fingers in the gap and pulled it out. It was a crinkled up silk sash embroidered with the words, Beloved Father. It was one of those sashes that usually came with floral grave wreaths. As I uncurled the cloth, I saw that there was writing on the backside. I'm sorry, Dad. Love you always. Jack. I took the sash and ran inside the house. Feeling safe within its walls, a wave of sadness suddenly passed over me, washing away any fear that was still occupying my body. I cried. I wish I could have done something like this for my father. Within an hour, the driver of the hearse knocked on my door. I had never been happier to see anyone in my life. I brought him around back and asked him to remove the hearse from the garage. As he parked the car in the driveway, I noticed that the sound was gone. Hope he didn't give you too much trouble, the man said, exiting the car. What do you mean by that? I snapped at him. The hearse, I mean. It was a murkiness to his words that I didn't like. Right, the car's fine. Brakes didn't need changing. I honestly don't know what was wrong, but I, I did find this. I handed the sash to the driver. Huh, interesting. Why? I couldn't hide my accusatory tone. Was I being paranoid? Or were we both dancing around the true, sinister core of the man's car trouble? Must have been left during a transport. I should make sure this is properly delivered. Well done, son. The elderly man handed me a wad of cash and drove away. After he left, I sat on my front lawn trying to process what the hell had just happened. I never believed in ghosts, but the cynicism was gone forever. I started my story by saying that I wished my father was with me now, but I changed my position on that too. I'm glad that his spirits never visited me. It means he is at peace, unlike the man I met today. Fathers and sons, a difficult relationship. 
but one worth fighting for, even if it means crossing the borders between the living and the dead to do so. Rest easy, Pops. Hall of Shadows is produced by Michael J. Rocco. Directed by Christina and Michael J. Rocco. For Apparacity, we bid you good night. <laughs>